0: Praise
1: Thee, Lord, for Thy, great plan, that we thy place may be. Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible A superficial reading of 1 Corinthians often leads to the conclusion that it's a book focused mostly on outward problems and situations. Actually, this book is one of the richest in the New Testament, with marvelous passages touching the profound aspects of Christ, the Spirit, and the Church. The first three chapters are particularly profound, with a number of unique and significant terms employed by the Apostle Paul as he ministers the riches of Christ to a church that surely was in need of an infusion of the divine life. Such a ministry is found in verse 9 of the first chapter, where Paul says, God is faithful, through whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Francis Paul has joined us as uh, we particularly focus on this word fellowship and this phrase, the fellowship of his Son. Francis, good to have you here, and uh, a good topic, I think, fellowship.
2: Yes, this certainly is a good topic, and I think probably uh, one that all of us need further light on to see what this matter of fellowship really implies and what it involves.
1: Well, there's probably multiple layers of understanding of this word fellowship. The most superficial is just, I think many people would say, oh, that's just kind of a chat. But Paul here is really focusing in on it at a critical stage. Uh, it's the first time he uses the term in his ministry, which then appears a number of other times later on. Uh, it's only the second time that we see it in the whole New Testament. The first time is in uh, the book of Acts. But here, Paul is bringing it out to the fore. And I think when we get into it today and see it in its more uh, profound aspect and its richer Uh, significance of what is involved and what is implied. There's a lot of help for all of us, uh, and we need desperately to stay in the real and genuine fellowship, don't we?
2: We certainly do, because uh, I'm impressed very much with how it's used in the book of Acts when the apostles there continued in the teaching of the apostles and the fellowship. So uh, fellowship is very, very important, but I think we'll see the deeper side of it today.
1: I want to um, just mention at the outset today that as we get into it, the context, as always, is very important. Uh, We just read it in verse 9, but it comes just ahead of Paul touching perhaps the most uh, serious problem in the church in Corinth, something we talked about before, a time or two, which we'll get into again today a little bit, the matter of division and how uh, ones were forming alliances and uh classes or uh, little groups uh, preferring one or another, and this division was creeping in and having a serious impact, and Paul right away connects it to this matter of fellowship, and that's a point we want to uh, highlight today very much. Why don't we join this, Lee Francis, and we'll be back.
0: This expression, the fellowship of his son, this is a big term, and such a big thing was not there in the Old Testament. What you have in the Old Testament is just Psalm 133, how good, how precious it is for the brethren to to dwell together in unity. That's all. But you have to realize unity is something outward. Fellowship is something inward. You may have a kind of unity. Without the need of life. But without life, you could never have fellowship. Fellowship is the inward, the inner, even the inter communication of life. The first time this term is used is in Acts 2. All the believers at the Pentecost day, they were in the fellowship of the apostles. The apostles praised the gospel to them, and that gospel brought them into something. And this something is termed by the Bible, the fellowship. This word in Greek, it means oneness. It means it can flow. What you are, what I am, what we all are, has a flow in between. Today, you have the electrical current. What is that? That is a flow. So, in First John chapter 1, it says, we have touched and seen." the life, then we proclaim this life, eternal life, to you, that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and the Son. What is this? It is not just a current horizontally, but also a current vertically. There is such a thing today, not only on the earth, but in the universe, that is called the fellowship.
1: Francis, I'm really glad that he brought out this verse in First John uh, on fellowship. Implying so much more than just communication is certainly one aspect of it, but that we can take that in a inadequate way in terms of our understanding. But the verse he quoted in first John chapter one verse three about we reported this divine life, the eternal life to you that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. So this fellowship is not just a, a link between you and I. Uh, there's something horizontal as well as vertical here, isn't there?
2: There certainly is, and I think that's the main thing we find in First John, the epistle of First John, because mm-hmm. he wants to bring people into this fellowship. And uh, the way to do it is to uh, announce to them what they had seen and heard and touched. Actually, the life that they had touched being with the Lord Jesus, that was the fellowship. And then he says, we want to bring you into this fellowship. You also may have fellowship with us, the apostles. And indeed, our fellowship, the apostles' fellowship, is with the Father and with the Son. So as you pointed out, that's both horizontal and vertical. It has to do with our relationship with the Father and the Son as well as with one another.
1: Develop a bit more also, if you would, this matter of type of fellowship could be illustrated by the the flow, the current of, say, electricity. It's a good picture, isn't it? That is a good illustration,
2: and I think he brings that out early in this message, that this is illustrated by electricity. When you have electricity installed in the house, that means there's a flow available in in that house to do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And when we have fellowship with one another and fellowship with God, that causes a flow, not just a, a talk or not just an allegiance, but it's a real life matter. We have fellowship with one another by participating in the very life of God.
1: Fellowship is also likened to... Well, let me just do this, if I could. In the footnote, in the recovery version, on this verse in First uh, John chapter 1, there's a very good definition here. If I could just take a moment to read oh, it. That would help. It says the Greek word here means joint participation, common participation. Fellowship is the issue of the eternal life and is actually the flow of the eternal life within all the believers who have received and possessed the divine life. It is illustrated by the flow of the water of life in the New Jerusalem in Revelation 22. All genuine believers are in this fellowship, and then he references the verse you referred to in Acts 2. It is carried on by the Spirit in our regenerated Spirit. Hence, it is called the fellowship of the Holy Spirit in Second Corinthians 13, verse 14. Another well-known verse, right?
2: I think it's marvelous how uh, the Apostle brings out both John and Paul, bringing this matter of fellowship in such a an inclusive way. Mm-hmm. It's not only vertical, but also horizontal. And it's not just horizontal in the sense that I'm in this fellowship uh, with this particular person. It's something not limited in that way, but it's a fellowship of life, the life that flows from God to us and flows among us toward each other. Hmm. This is fellowship, and it 's absolutely of life
1: this is one of those uh, views that we really need uplifted from how it has become commonly taken and understood a word that is rich and profound uh, full of significance, and it uh, we just have to guard it from becoming relegated to such a, a kind of a cliché phrase that Christians somewhat toss around. And you referred to something here just now that thought was very important. It, it actually leads us into the next segment that we're going to cover. And that is uh, sometimes we take on an aspect of fellowship or we understand an aspect of fellowship that it's hard to see in the Bible, and that is that we have a sort of a special fellowship with a certain right. group.
2: That's right. But it's
1: really a universal fellowship in the whole body, genuine fellowship, isn't it?
2: Sometimes people mean, when they say their fellowship, they mean their denomination yeah, or their link with some other Christian or Christian group. But this is not the meaning here. This is the fellowship of His Son. That means we are brought into the universal fellowship of all the believers over the whole earth.
1: And that is why it's now significant to look at the verses that immediately follow verse 9 that we read a moment ago. Verse 10 says, Now I beseech you, brothers, through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you. Mm -hmm. For it has been made clear to me concerning you, my brothers, that there are strifes among you. Now, I mean this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Hmm. So this whole matter of division has a real impact, as we'll see, on fellowship. Let's join Witness Lee. He'll touch this point, I think, quite significantly.
0: The circulation of the blood within us is a good illustration of the fellowship in the body of Christ. In our physical body, there's such a circulation. In the body of Christ, there's also such a circulation. We all have to realize... That the Lord's recovery is just to bring this matter back to us, is just to put us into such a soul, such a fellowship, not of any denomination, not of any practice, not of any theological doctrine, but of His Son. The very Son of God. He must be our fellowship. Now, here, fellowship, used by Paul, means participation. Why we know this? Verse 9 says, We have been called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Verse 10, of course. It's a direct continuation of verse 9. But it is not something further. It is something contrast. But, I beseech you, brothers, through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. And that there be no division among you. What are divisions? Divisions are something against the fellowship. Divisions are in contrast with fellowship. All the Corinthians did say, I am of this, I am of that. They were divided. So Paul says, No, you all have been called into one fellowship. When they say, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, they appreciate either Paul or Apollos. You see, the fellowship, It's just your participation in Christ. Paul says, dear brothers in Corinth, don't say you are of this, you are of that. You have to realize you all have been called into one enjoyment, into one appreciation, into one preference, into one choice. And this is just the Son of God. He's our portion. He's our portion. We are in the fellowship of him.
1: Francis, this really touches something absolutely critical for our not only our understanding, but for our progression in the Christian life. Fellowship, if we pick up another type that he used, another illustration here, the flow of blood within the body. What can be more damaging if that flow is cut off by virtue of some kind of division in the body? That, that would imply certainly that death has to follow, wouldn't it?
2: That's right. That's the result of a limited flow in the body. And certainly if the, if there's a blockage in the blood, that part of the body where that blockage occurs is going to cause death to the rest of the body. So we don't like to, uh, even entertain this thought at all that the fellowship is limited to a certain choice, a certain preference, but really it's inclusive. The fellowship we're called into is the fellowship of His Son, and that brings us into contact and fellowship in life with every believer, wherever he is.
1: And uh, by extension then, where division is a, not only allowed or tolerated, but even in a sense, encouraged. It really has a negative impact, doesn't it, on this universal flow of the divine life and cannot help but frustrate uh, all of us and God as well in what he would like to accomplish in and through the body.
2: It is really a shame, Chris, that throughout the Christians that I've known all my life, there is this accepted and uh, assumed necessity of limiting our fellowship. But actually, this is a division, not fellowship. So uh, the fellowship that's spoken of here is really inclusive and is universal in its nature. It includes all the believers everywhere. That's the fellowship we're called into. But when we narrow it down to just a uh, fellowship for one or two others, mm-hmm. according to name or according to certain terms or certain beliefs, we really have caused a death to come into the body of Christ.
1: mm well, let's move on, Francis. Uh, we're going to jump ahead. We're still in Chapter 1, but for this last segment, we come back to a verse that we have already spent a little time on. This message today somewhat is a review, though the major development has been on this matter of fellowship. But we want to talk again about, because it's important, uh, if we understand fellowship with the uh, component of our participation, that means that we're involved in the fellowship and something happens to us as a result of it. And that comes out, I think, very well in this verse. Uh, verse 30, where it says, But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became wisdom to us from God, both righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And Witness witnessly will connect this to the matter of fellowship in our final portion. Let's go back to him.
0: Then, in this chapter, Paul goes on to tell us that this very Son of God is the power And the wisdom to us. And this wisdom is just righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Righteousness is Christ for past. And sanctification is Christ for present. And redemption is Christ for future. That's right. Yet, it is not so practical there is the need of some amount of experiences. Let me illustrate this to you. When you are really enjoying Christ, you are really experiencing Him in your daily life, you know what? He becomes your righteousness. The more you enjoy Him, the more he becomes your righteousness. And this is what? The more you realize that you are not that right. Christ, being your righteousness, is not only for your past to be justified by God, but also for your present day practical life. As long as you enjoy Christ in such a practical daily way, and he becomes your practical righteousness, you become a sanctified person. You are separate You are not so common. So he is not only your righteousness, but also your what? Sanctification. As you are sanctified, you are separated unto God till so you got redeemed. You got redeemed back to God. When you are quarreling with your husband or with your wife, That was it can carry away. But when Christ becomes your righteousness, and that is the sanctification, and this sanctification spontaneously brings you back to God. What it is, it's his redemption.
1: Francis, a key word in this verse, and I've read this verse for years and enjoyed it and appreciated it, thought I had an understanding of it, but what jumps out at me, and it, as we've touched this verse two or three times now in First Corinthians in this current life study, but of him you are in Christ, which I've always appreciated that, but who became wisdom to us from God, both righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. It's this becoming that, uh, is intriguing here, isn't it?
2: Yes, it really is, and it's something, uh, That you might take doctrinally as something just a a fact, but it's a process. There's a process going on. What He's becoming to us is by our enjoyment of Him, we are being sanctified. Mm -hmm. We are being rescued. We are being brought back. And the more we're brought back to Him, the more sanctified we are, the more we're set apart unto God. And this actually leads us on to sanctification and even to redemption of our body. This goes on for our whole lifetime. Our enjoyment of Christ is really the fellowship that brings us on in our Christian life for Him to become everything to us, both sanctification, righteousness, and redemption.
1: So we're, of course, not diminishing the doctrinal side of this truth or the objective side that, yes, we are in Christ and we have Christ as our righteousness and we have Christ as our sanctification and we have Christ as our redemption, but there is a participatory aspect that we see really enhanced when we couple it with this matter of fellowship. The, f- yeah. the flow of the divine life as we've seen, uh, like the current in our house connected to the, uh, power plant, uh, really imparts into us the practical, genuine experience. And these very things become more than religious terms. They become reality to us, don't they?
2: Yes. This is the secret of getting this kind of word regarding fellowship because this fellowship that we're brought into with the Father and with the Son, is operating in us. And the fellowship that we're having with one another, even this morning, we're having this kind of fellowship. There is a working of the the fellowship, bringing us into a mutual participation in all these riches that are mentioned here.
1: And so today we have this fellowship even expanded more through the uh, airwaves, the radio waves, don't we? Where we're, we're
2: Isn't that not good? only, yeah,
1: we're linked here, you and I, in the studio, and hopefully, surely, our fellowship here is with the Father, but also with all of those who are uh, right. hearing the broadcast wherever they are. So this is the divine and universal fellowship that we want to be brought into more and more in a genuine way.
2: Yes, I really agree with this, and uh, this kind of fellowship really enlarges us to a universal fellowship not just to limited to our physical presence.
1: Well, let's have more fellowship, Francis, in First Corinthians as the days uh, are before us, and I hope you'll come back soon for more of this uh, universal fellowship. I really hunger for this. Me too. Uh, our time is up. We'd like to invite you to contact us. We have uh, a few means where you can do that. Of course, the easiest might be our toll-free line, which is available to you when you call. We'll be glad to give you information about the printed material. Uh, other books and uh, study materials, the recovery version that we publish uh, here at Living Stream, and we were able to read a little footnote today out of that. Hope that gave you uh, a taste for the recovery version. All of that is available if you'll contact us toll free one eight 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 life study eight 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 five four three three seven eight eight. 543 3788 Send an email if you'd like to radio at lsm.org. Or our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box twenty one twenty one. Anaheim, California, 92814. We'll return tomorrow as we continue on in our current life study of 1 Corinthians for Francis Ball. I'm Chris Wild. Thank you for listening today.